Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Norse traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. A warning, this episode features dramatizations of violence. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This week is the conclusion of our three-part series detailing the adventures of Thor, the Norse god of thunder. In past weeks, we've seen him recover the cauldron of Hymir, take on a young boy as his squire, and survive an encounter with the mysterious giant Screamir. We ended last week's episode with Thor coming face to face with the biggest shock of all, his very own son, Magni. Today's story is based on the myth Thor's duel with Hrungnir, which can be seen as a bit of a climax to all of Thor's giant slaying. Hrungnir is the most fearsome of the giants. The threat he poses to Asgard is greater than any giant before him. According to Norse and Germanic mythology scholar Daniel McCoy, the giants represented the spirits of chaos and destruction and have often been associated with cold and death. Thor's life-bringing storms were seen as a triumph over that darkness. The ending to this story features a twist that shows the sophistication of Norse mythology. For all Thor's power, it will take something more than strength for him to triumph. Coming up, Thor returns to Asgard, only to learn that his adventure is far from over. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Hello, father. Thor's mouth fell open. Standing before him were two individuals he knew and one stranger. Odin, his father, the beautiful giantess Jarnsaxa, his former lover, and Magni, the boy she claimed was Thor's son. Could this boy really be his? He was rather strapping, and blonde, and glowing. Thor doubted Jarnsaxa had another immortal lover, so 
Yes, it was impossible to deny his parentage. With this realization, Thor felt a twinge of worry. This boy was a younger, handsomer version of himself. Was he stronger, too? Did he also command the lightning and thunder? Yarnsaxa! You should have told me we had a son. I would have made a place for both of you in Valhalla. Would you have, father? Would not your wife, the goddess Sif, object? In Jotunheim, I received the finest education, the finest combat training, the finest everything. In Jotunheim, I was treated as the prince that I am. In Valhalla, I would have been spat upon. I don't know about spat upon. I'm not saying you would have been Sif's favorite, but... We are here for the Empress's feast, and that is all. This is an opportunity for us to make pacts with the other realms. Jotunheim has no need for you. With that, Magni turned and stomped back into the longhouse. Yarnsaxa and Odin followed, shaking their heads. Thor watched them go, mouth half open. What could he do? His brat of a son had appeared out of nowhere, and it seemed he had the sole intent of judging Thor. Even worse, Odin seemed to agree with the boy. Only the Empress Sigrid, formerly known as the thief Tira, remained by his side. That's it? You're just going to let him walk away? Can you not just console me? The Thor I know does not wallow in pity. Sure, maybe you were once an idiotic cloud who betted or killed anything that moved. But you've changed. You helped me recover this cauldron and you saved Thialfi's life. You're ready to be a father. Go in there and tell him that. You misunderstand. Sons surpass their fathers, and that I cannot have. A dark look spread across his face. He took the cauldron from Tira and carried it the rest of the way into the longhouse. Tira watched him go, disappointed that for all his progress, his instincts were still that of a violent brute. Thor's first thoughts upon hearing that he had a son were concerned that the boy would usurp his position. What would he do to Magni? That night, all gathered in Tira's hall for the long-awaited feast. The cauldron of Himir overflowed with enough stew to feed all the giants, elves, dwarves, gods, and men in attendance. Every major leader, from Brocker the smith to Blodugada with her 900 heads, were there. One by one, they each cut their thumb and signed a pact, vowing never to attack the other realms. With Odin's help, Tira had at last brought peace to her people. Thor signed the treaty, as did all the other gods. Tyr, the god of war, Heimdall, watchman of the Bifrost, even Loki was happy to sign. The only notable missing Aesir was Thor's wife, Sif. Asking around, Thor learned that Sif hadn't been able to get her hair how she wanted before the rest of the gods departed for the feast. Without Heimdall to operate the Bifrost, she would not be able to cross to Midgard. Thor was glad she hadn't come. He didn't want to talk or dance. He wanted to sit in the corner and brood. His brow furrowed as he watched the handsome, blonde, young god glowing at the far end of the hall. 
over and over, Thor imagined how his son Magni would one day surpass him, strike him down, and claim all of his godly duties. It was only a matter of time. Thor was so caught up in these dark thoughts that he didn't notice when his mortal squire appeared by his side. Most sumptuous and palatial Thor, god of thunder, bringer of the storm, wielder of Mjolnir, you do seem out of sorts. Oh, Thialfi, we really need to work on your heralding. Of course, anything for you, master. I shall improve upon my adjective choice post-haste. However, you are not wrong. I am out of sorts, as it were. I have a son. A, a, a son? But I thought I might be... That is... He sounds like a real so-and-so, if you don't mind my saying. Not at all. You are the only one who seems to agree. Everyone else is fawning over his beautiful golden hair and giant muscles. What a laugh. I have no need for a son. Oh... Wait, is that Papa talking with Magni? Papa? Papa! Just as Thor got up from his seat to cause trouble, there was a massive crash at the doors. A horrible cacophony rose outside, the sounds of battle. All turned toward the doors, weapons and fists raised in readiness. Who could be foolish enough to attack a hall filled with the World Tree's most powerful warriors? The doors burst open. The corpse of one of Tira's guards sailed across the room, crashing onto the table in front of Thor. And following that, a massive saber-toothed tiger padded its way into the hall. It had a white-spotted coat, claws the size of swords, and fangs like spears. Its thunderous growl echoed off the walls. What in the Nine Realms? Before Thor or Tira could move, the tiger transformed. Its feline form twisted and collapsed until, in its place, there was a male giant. He grinned, large canine teeth still jutting from his mouth, and adjusted the spotted pelt around his shoulders. All giants were fearsome in appearance, but this one was truly intimidating. <laughs> well, well, if it isn't Odin the Allfather, Thor the Thunder God, and all the rest, how predictable that I would find the Aesir celebrating while the victims of your greed and cruelty languish outside. Well, no more. I am here to cut your celebration short. You will find Hrungnir a most insurmountable foe. Hrungnir? Never heard of you. I don't care who you are. Your threats and boasts have no place here. Leave my hall this instant. Oh, I have no designs on your hall, Empress. I desire a much greater prize. Valhalla itself! Blasphemy! Blasphemy is the least of it. I have not come to defame the Allfather, but to supplant him. Already I have done what no other giant has done before. I retraced Odin's steps across the World Tree. I met with the Norns. I read my own runes at the bottom and top of Yggdrasil. And with this knowledge, Asgard is mine for the taking. I go there now and I will seal the portal behind me. You gods will be stuck here. 
Except for Sif, of course. She is all by her lonesome. I know I shall make a much better husband than you, Thor. Taunt all you like, giant. I need a good skull to hammer today, and yours looks perfect. Have at thee! Yeah! The air crackled with lightning as Thor flew at his enemy. Odin followed close behind, holding his hat to his head with one hand and stretching out his staff with the other. Then there was Tyr with his sword and shield and Heimdall with his axe. Loki just watched with glee. Hrungnir turned back into his giant saber-toothed tiger form, swatting Thor aside in an instant. He grabbed Odin in his jaws, tossing him down the palace steps. Tyr lasted the longest, trading a few blows with the beast, but soon he too was overwhelmed by the giant's strength and speed, and he was crushed to the floor beneath one of its paws. Heimdall fell last, his slow movements no match for Hrungnir's feline grace. <laughs> the best the Aesir have to offer, fallen at my feet. Goodbye, weakling gods. With that, he turned and bounded out of the hall. With a great leap, he launched into the sky, pointing himself toward Asgard. With a slash of his magical claws, Hrungnir tore open a portal to the realm of the gods. As soon as he was through, he sealed it behind him, leaving a bright, swirling gash in the sky, all black and pink and purple. The way was barred for all others. The Empress Sigrid rushed forward with her men, helping the gods up off the floor. She ran to Thor, who was wedged in between two columns, a few strong tugs, and she had him free. Thialfi ran to his side. Do not despair, O Luminescent One. Though you have now been blocked from returning to Asgard, you can rule here, in Midgard. Mm, no. Don't you understand, lad? He has my wife. For every day that passes here, I am made a cuckold for a hundred days in Asgard. Thor, what did you do to this giant to make him so angry? Why does any giant quarrel with me? They're obviously jealous of my hammer and superior fishing skills. Actually, father, I believe I may know the truth behind your latest enemy. Magni emerged from the crowd across the hall, looking especially disdainful. In all the years you spent slaying giants, partying, and sowing your oats, didn't you ever think your actions might come back to haunt you? My mother yearned Saxa. She was spoken for when you bedded her. She had a husband. Did she? Who? You get one guess, idiot. Wait, you don't mean the giant, Hrungnir? He is my stepfather, but I never paid much heed to his counsel. He was far too unhinged. And now he comes back to take his revenge. The most vile of all the villains I have ever faced. You'll beat him, most mighty Thor. I know you shall. Alas, if neither Odin nor Frigg can stop him with their powers, I know not what I can do. Odin, recovered from his wounds, moved to join their circle. 
Odin held the wisdom of the world tree, something this giant thought he had gained for himself, but Hrungnir was mistaken. The very name of the world tree, Yggdrasil, meant Odin's mount. This was his world, not Hrungnir's. The giant was an imposter, an anti-god, and by the ancient laws, the gods would have their revenge. There was only one way. Thor had to challenge Hrungnir to a duel. Coming up, Thor trains for his greatest fight yet. The CIA. They're the first line of defense for the United States, analyzing intelligence to thwart any possible threats and keep us safe. Some of their involvements are made public, and others aren't. Hi, it's Carter from ParCast, and in honor of America's birthday, we're uncovering the cases you were never supposed to know about in the new series, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. From international assassination plots and mind control experiments to catastrophic cover-ups and secret societies fit for film, sift through the agency's most questioned and controversial affairs. Each week, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition exposes the covert operations intended to protect us from conflicts, but end up creating conspiracies. Where does the truth lie? Where do the lies end? And how much do we really want to know? Follow the new Spotify original from ParCast, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. Listen every Thursday, free and only on Spotify. Now, back to the story. This was the greatest day of Thialfi's life. Every day was the new greatest day of his life, now that he served the almighty Thor. Today, he got to travel with his master to the fabled Well of Erd. It was a dark, sinister swamp. The water glowed green. Strange creatures prowled the roots of the world tree. It was awesome. There, fighting in the middle of the water, was Thor, stripped of all clothing. Odin watched from above, perched on one of the roots. He wanted Thor to be able to win any fight, even without his hammer, belt, and gloves. Currently, Thor was wrestling with his half-brother, Tyr, learning various maneuvers that might work on the giant. Every once in a while, Loki, hiding amongst the roots, would zap him with a spell, throwing him off balance. Uh, That's not fair! Papa, he's cheating! But Odin did not tell Loki to stop. Who said Hrungnir would play fair? Each time he got the upper hand, Thor felt a zap from behind. Then he sank to one knee, hurled a rock at Loki, and went back to dealing with Tyr. After a few dozen cycles of this, Odin waved his staff and a cluster of bat-like creatures emerged from the swamp. The bats swarmed Thor, driving him down into the water. They bit at his face and arms until he had no fight left in him. Then, just as he was about to drown, the bats disappeared. Thor sat up quickly, gasping for air. (gasps) (laughs) You got him, Thor! Quiet, Thialfi. 
The boy's enthusiasm was misplaced. The bats had disappeared because Thor had failed. He wasn't strong enough. If he couldn't stand up to Odin, Loki, and Tyr's tricks, he would never last against Hrungnir. The worst part was that Thor was once again disappointing Odin, the only being in the cosmos who never seemed impressed with all his victories. Odin had always been a cold parent, more interested in talking with his ravens than his sons. Now, sitting at the bottom of the world tree, Thor had never felt colder. His distant father wouldn't even give him time to rest. His second task was an even more harrowing prospect than relentless wrestling. He was sent to the mouth of a cave at the roots of the world tree. It was the cave of Skuld, said to be the oldest of the Norns. If Thor was worthy, she would grant him a vision. Thor had always feared the Norns. They were completely unlike any of the foes he'd faced over the years. But then, so was Hrungnir. What I wouldn't give to be in a decent battle right now. Well, here I go. Thor took a step into the cave. Then another. He kept going and going, the light from the cave entrance shrinking behind him. Finally, he was surrounded by darkness. Um, hello? Is anyone there? There was only silence. Then... Thor's vision blurred. He blinked back tears as a thousand images raced before him. He saw a world of horrors unlike any in all the realms. Square boxes on wheels breathing fire on one another. Giant metal hornets in the sky dropping more flames on the world below. There amidst it all was a snake. It coiled around a spire, surveying the death and destruction all around it. Only a single tiny figure stood in defiance. Thor squinted, trying to make out the figure's face. Then his eyes widened with recognition. The figure was him. He looked much older. His face was worn, his beard gray, his armor dirty and dented. The hammer gripped in his hands was cracked and chipped, but it was him. Thor's vision blurred again. The images faded. He was back in the void. Not a pretty picture, is it? Is it, is it? Thor turned in shock. His son Magni was beside him, looking as smug as ever. Magni? How did you get here? Oh, silly father. I may wear Magni's face and voice, but this is not my true form. I am schooled of the Norns. <gasps> the old crone. Please, have mercy on me. Relax. Odin wouldn't be too happy with me if I killed one of his sons. He would likely fail to notice. Nothing I do seems to impress him, even though I am Thor, the mightiest of the gods. So your father doesn't love you. Get over it. He is the Allfather. We are all his children. If any of his offspring should be able to look after itself, I'd expect it to be the God of Thunder. At any rate, we have more important matters to discuss. You appear to me as my son, Magni. Is this the lesson? That I should be the father to him that Odin never was to me? 
It couldn't hurt. But that is not the lesson. You saw the vision. I saw many things. Fire, strange metal contraptions, and the snake. A serpent to shake all the world tree. Indeed. There are dark days ahead for Asgard. Much darker than today. Hrungnir is not such a fearsome foe in the grand scheme of things. You merely lack the confidence to defeat him. Oh please, none have ever dared question Thor's confidence. How do I stop this creature from killing us all? I can't tell you everything. Why not? We are fate. We do not act upon events. We are the events. That is... an unsatisfying answer. It is not for you to change fate, but to accept it. Then we are doomed. You shall find out. But for now, you have a giant to kill. Thor felt wind on his back. He was being drawn backward to the mouth of the cave. Wait, how do I stop Hrungnir? How do I get back into Asgard? Tell me! But it was too late. Thor tumbled back out into the swamps. Vile crone. Why fill my head with visions and riddles if you're not going to explain them? He picked up a rock and threw it at the cave. It clattered harmlessly down the chamber. As you may remember, time moves much faster in Asgard than elsewhere in the World Tree. While Thor was still preparing in Midgard, many months had passed since Hrungnir's arrival. In that time, Hrungnir had transformed Asgard into a hellscape. The golden spires of Valhalla were now black and twisted. Hrungnir sat upon a throne made from the spirits of fallen warriors. He dined on flesh while surveying his harem. A cluster of gods and goddesses, including Sif, Iduna, and Skadi, were chained to the wall. Hrungnir approached Sif, running one of his sharp nails across her cheek. <laughs> Your husband took my betrothed from me, sired a son that should have been mine. You don't think he'll mind if we have a son, do you? It's only fair. Sif spat in Hrungnir's face. <laughs> Your spirit is amusing. How much longer until there is no fight left in you, I wonder? But for now, I think I'll settle for killing one of your handmaidens. And with that, Hrungnir swept from the room. Sif wept as she listened to the screams. Back on Midgard, Tira, Thialfi, and the gods waited at the steps to the palace for Thor and Odin to return. There was a crack of thunder, and then both appeared below them, making their way up the stairs. The wondrous and splendiferent Thor returns! Splendiferent isn't a word, Thial. God of thunder, are you ready to face Rungnir? The Norns were useless. Their vision taught me less than nothing. I am no closer to slaying that giant than before. The gods all shook their heads in disappointment, heading back into the hall to plan their next move. Only Thor, Tira, and Thialfi remained. But how can this be? You fought a thousand giants. Hymir, Tiasi, 
Chorchor Bagundo? Alas, I must confess, I made Chorchor Bagundo up. Then you've battled 999 giants. That still makes you the greatest warrior in all the realms. I fear that is not enough to stop Krumnir. Just then, Thor turned to see a few stragglers from Tira's feast harassing Thialfi. They were minor gods, always spoiling for a fight. They knocked the boy to the ground and kicked him, laughing. Thor's vision turned red. He was filled with rage. He flew forward, scooping Thialfi up and placing him in Tira's arms in an instant. Then he returned to the two gods, seizing both by the throat. You swine! You would treat an innocent boy thus! The gods squirmed within his grasp, but showed no remorse. After all, the boy was only human. Thor's rage could no longer be contained. He let out a howl, then squeezed. He broke both their necks and threw them down the steps. As they tumbled to the earth, their golden bodies lost their sheen, turning gray and ashen. The other gods came back outside, drawn by the commotion. When Odin saw the dead bodies, he was furious. Asgard was in peril, and Thor was acting like a child as usual. He was killing gods when all the Aesir were in crisis. His entire family was disgusted with him. All but one. Magni stepped forward. For so many years, I was told my father was a murderer, a heartless womanizer. But today, I see that those stories were wrong. He stands beside the innocent, even when it costs him dearly. I am happy to fight by his side. Thor was not sure what to make of this. Normally, a single disapproving look from Odin would have been devastating, but Magni's words had filled him with an overwhelming feeling of pride. My son, you're proud of me? <sighs> Don't make it weird. The other gods rolled their eyes and returned to the longhouse. Thor was once again at a loss, but Magni had an idea. I overheard Odin when they were all planning. The only way back into Asgard is to cast the rune Challenge. It will signal to the World Tree that you seek to confront Hrungnir in single combat. This cannot be denied. The rune? I do not know it. But you know someone who does. A familiar figure emerged from the shadows. Loki grinned, all too delighted to help. Very well, I will go alone. If I do not prevail, do not come after me. Go and live your life. The rules state you are allowed to bring servants. I will go as your fighting coach. That is most generous of you. I'm coming too. This will be no place for an older mortal woman. Well, tis a good thing I'm only 50. She smiled. Thor couldn't help but smile as well. He held out his arm. She clasped it with her own. And I'm coming too. As your faithful squire, tis I who must uh, dress you in your armor and present your weapon. Thialfi appeared at Thor's side, his arms full of Thor's equipment. Only then did Thor realize he was still naked from training in the Well of Erd. 
Oh, uh, yes. That would be most appreciated. Thank you, Thialfi. Soon he was fitted in his godly attire, Maying Yord, the belt that doubled his strength, the Yarn Greeper, his gloves that allowed him to wield Mjolnir, the hammer felt heavy in his hand, waiting to strike. Loki turned to face the dark portal above them, his gray hand shot up, his fingers writhing in a strange pattern. The rune appeared, golden and fiery in the air. It grew to an enormous size, flying up and up toward the portal. Then the two collided. There was a massive burst of light as the portal opened. The way to Asgard was clear. Thor turned to his companions, Tira, Thialfi, and Thor's son, Magni. Ready? They all nodded, wrapping their arms around his waist. He lifted Mjolnir toward the portal. I summon the lightning! A bolt reached down from the sky, scooping them all up. In an instant, they were gone, and the portal closed behind them. Loki was left alone, staring at the singe mark on the ground. Coming up, Thor and Hrungnir have their duel. Now back to the story. Sif was in agony. Another week had passed in Asgard. Every day, Hrungnir's violence towards her friends and servants taxed her will to resist. She watched him upon his throne, drinking blood from the skull of one of the slain gods. He rose from his throne of spirits and walked over to Sif. She trembled, surrounded by her deceased brethren, but her face remained defiant. I think today's the day, milady. You are to give us a son unlike any the World Tree has ever seen. She was too weak to do anything but glare. The giant chuckled and reached over, undoing her manacles. This was a mistake. As soon as she was free, she lashed out, summoning all her strength to land a fearsome blow on his eye. But it was not enough. Hrungnir growled, grabbing her by the wrist and throwing her to the floor. She screamed, trying to fight him off, but she knew in her heart that it would not be enough. She cursed her fate. Why had the other gods abandoned her? How had this demon so thoroughly defeated them? Just when she thought that all was lost, she smelled something. It was as if the air itself were burning. She turned to her left. There, on the ground, several sparks were beginning to form. The air crackled. Static tugged at her hair and clothes. For the first time in months, she smiled. Hrungnir saw this and turned to look. He saw the electricity, growing in strength every second. Uh Uh-oh. There was a massive flash as the lightning bolt struck. It sent Hrungnir flying back into his throne, but left Sif unharmed. 
she squinted in the brilliant light. As it faded, four figures came into view. It was her husband, Thor. Behind him were three companions, a tough-looking human woman, a young boy, and a handsome god she didn't recognize. All had their swords drawn. As soon as Thor saw her, he ran to her side. My dear wife. She fell into his arms, weeping. He left her with Tira, moving to face the giant. Thunder God, this is no longer your home. This is true, but it was for millennia, and it will be again. I see only an old woman, small boy, and your shrimp of a son. If you and the other gods couldn't defeat me, what makes you think this sorry lot stands a chance? Because they are not here to fight. They are my retinue. I challenge thee to a duel. <laughs> that is less than an answer. So you think to beat me in single combat? As I said, nothing has changed. I will gladly tear you to shreds. Hrungnir transformed, his spotted cloak twisted around him, his cat form dominating the throne room. Think again, villain. The laws state you must face me with only your strength and a weapon. No magic, just as I may not use my lightning. <sighs> and why would I do that? Because if you disobey Odin's law, then your very being will be forfeit. You will return to the cosmic dust from whence you were formed, floating down to the pool at the bottom of the world tree, where I will take a piss on what's left. <sighs> Odin and his laws. In an instant, Hrungnir returned to his giant form. Even he wouldn't dare break one of the ancient laws, but he was still confident he was more than a match for Thor. Let us present our weapons then. He clapped his hands, and none other than Bragi, the bard of the gods, slumped out of the shadows, his beard long, his body wrapped in chains. He slunk forward, presenting Hrungnir with his black flint sword. Then he sang of Hrungnir's might, of how he was stronger than any giant and stronger than the gods, how he would rule Asgard for a hundred thousand years. It was not one of his better songs. Thor summoned his own weapon. Thialfi rushed forward with Mjolnir on a cushion. I present Mjolnir. Its handle is short, but its history is long. It has defeated 999 giants. Its owner is Thor, also known as Donar, also known as the Terrible, also known as the Bear, also known as the Thunder itself. When he mates with his lady wife Sif, the very fields are fertilized. He has killed half your cousins, and he will kill you too. Hrungnir was taken aback. For the first time, he showed fear. Thor turned to his squire, a tear in his eye. Good job, Thialfi. Go get him, Thor. Thor nodded resolutely. He took up Mjolnir, leveling it at the giant who had defiled his home. Have at thee, villain! <laughs> Thor rushed forward, Mjolnir meeting Hrungnir's sword. 
They struck again and again. Hrungnir was fast, too fast for the showy, sloppy Thor of the past. The Thor of the present, however, was not showing off for his father, not trying to prove his strength. He kept his movements sharp and quick, not allowing the giant an opening. But Hrungnir was clever. With a lunge, he managed to nick Thor's belt, Mayingjord. It clattered to the ground. <sighs> there. Without your belt, half your strength is gone, Thunder God. I only need half my strength to defeat you, giant. <sighs> of course, half of nothing is still nothing. <laughs> The giant twisted his sword, causing Mjolnir to fly out of Thor's hands and land with a thud across the room. Thor looked up at the giant, face hardening. If this was to be his end, he would face it with the same fire he had taken into every battle. Hrungnir brought his sword down, but Thor grabbed his wrists. The giant growled as it tried to force the blade down. Thor squeezed his wrists tight, causing him to drop the sword. Hrungnir didn't need his weapon either. He headbutted Thor, dazing him and sending him stumbling backward. The giant was on him in an instant, knocking him to the ground and wrapping his taloned hands around Thor's neck. The sharp nails dug into the flesh, drawing blood. Thor gasped for air, but his vision was growing spotty. Off to the side, Sif, Tira, and Thialfi could hardly bear to watch. Thor was dying. Suddenly, something whizzed past them. It was Mjolnir, thrown with incredible strength. It collided with the giant's head. Hrungnir's skull exploded, splattering Thor with blood. The giant's grip instantly went limp, and the immense body slid onto the floor. Thor coughed and wiped the gore away, turning in the direction of the throw. There, standing in the corner, was Magni. He had retrieved Mjolnir and tossed it at the giant's head. A rippling wave of energy burst forth from Hrungnir's corpse. It passed over the throne room, restoring everything to how it had been before the giant arrived. Bragi was released from his chains. The slain gods came back to life. Valhalla and the spirits within were returned to their former glory. Outside in Asgard, the fields turned green and the rivers once again flowed blue and white with the color of the sky. Magni, you saved me. I thank you. But I was supposed to defeat the giant. We have broken Odin's law. Actually, Father, I do not believe so. If my understanding of the ancient law is correct, I have merely fulfilled the natural order. The son has surpassed the father. I... I suppose it was time. No, you misunderstand. I do not seek to supplant you as Thunder God, at least not until both you and I are ready. I merely took advantage of our relationship to circumvent the laws of the duel and defeat Hrungnir. But why not tell me that was your plan? I... worried it might hurt your feelings. 
Nothing has ever hurt my feelings. I have the strongest feelings in the Nine Realms. Oh, come here. Thor and Magni embraced as father and son for the first time. That night in Valhalla, the gods and dead heroes celebrated with the finest food and drink in the world tree. Tira and Thialfi sat alongside them, eating and laughing with the rest. Late in the evening, Tira caught Thor with a look. This feast is much better than mine was. It has fewer murders, to be sure. Thank you, Thor, for everything. Tis I who must thank you. In the end, twas your wisdom that saved Asgard. How so? Without your instruction, I would have never cared for the human boy Thialfi. Thus, I would have never won my son Magni's respect, and I would not have brought him with me to fight Hrungnir. I'm sure you would have figured it out on your own. Eventually. But I am glad for whatever way I might have contributed. When will you return to Midgard? I would see you off. Tomorrow. Then... I will see you then. For now, enjoy the feast. I must speak with my father. The pair clasped arms once more, a bond between them that would last for eternity, forged in the blood of giants. Thor slowly walked from the mead hall to the throne room, observing as Magni carried Thialfi around on his shoulders. The boy play-acted at fighting off the heroes of Asgard, who were happily pretending to be giants. He left them to their revels to find Odin at the window behind his throne, looking out over the cosmos. The ravens Hugin and Munin squawked on his shoulders. In the past, these moods of Odin's always confused him, but now he understood the burden his father shouldered. He knew about Ragnarok. I know what is to come, Father, and I know what must be done. We need to deal with Loki. According to some scholars, Thor's son Magni holds a special place in Norse mythology, personifying the cyclical nature of life that we discussed in our episodes on Odin's quest for wisdom. By saving his father from the giant Hrungnir, Magni proves that he is indeed stronger. After Ragnarok, the Norse end of the world, he and the others of his generation will inherit the cosmos from their parents. They will continue the struggle just as human children carry on after their parents. The cycle of birth, life, then Ragnarok can seem depressing, but it is also hopeful. Characters like Magni represent the idea that on the next go-around, things will be different. Perhaps his generation will make a better world, one without the flaws of its predecessors. Perhaps Magni's storms won't be quite as temperamental as Thor's, hurting as much as they help. Perhaps Magni will lack the arrogance that led his father and grandfather to imprison Loki beneath the earth and bring about the end of all things. But that's a story for another time. Until the next world, all we have is Thor, 
but he is plenty. So powerful that even the giants fear him. So legendary that even his belt and gloves have names. As Thialfi revealed in our story, he was known to the ancient Vikings by several titles of his own, all hinting at different aspects of his divinity. According to Norse and Germanic mythology scholar Daniel McCoy, Thor was thought of as the personification of thunder, while his hammer, Mjolnir, was lightning. His strength was frequently invoked for protection, leading the Vikings to view him as a powerful, if temperamental, paternal figure. As McCoy notes, many Norse myths depict Thor as a contrasting figure to Odin. The Allfather represented magic, higher thought, and the divine. He was the king of the gods, a ruler for the universe's upper class. Thor, on the other hand, was the god of the common people. So while he had daddy issues of his own, Thor was a father figure to many in the Viking Age. His influence may have waned some in the past thousand years, but he is far from forgotten. Even today, we still cower in terror and awe at the might of a great storm. When thunder claps and lightning strikes, Thor and his hammer are close at hand. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday, we dive into the dark origins of both iconic and obscure fables. We'll be back on Tuesday with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound designed by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Greg Castro, with writing assistance by Robert Teamstra and Andrew Kelleher. Fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tom Bauer, Tiana Camacho, and Joe Hernandez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hi, it's Carter from Parcast. Every Thursday on Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition, we're uncovering secrets hidden deep within the archives of the Central Intelligence Agency to bring you a special collection of episodes from shows across our network. Follow the new Spotify original from Parcast, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. Listen free only on Spotify. Spotify.